Gone are the days of knights and chivalry, and yet that hasn't changed God's vision of you as a man of valor. Today, pornography is a simple mouse click away, and sexual addiction is at an epidemic level. Dr. Mark Laser is an internationally known author and speaker, the leading Christian authority on sexual addiction, and the host of Faithful and True's online radio production, The Men of Valor Program. Here now is Dr. Mark Laser. Welcome to the Men of Valor program. I'm your host, Mark Laser, and I'm here with uh, my co-host, Randy Everett. And today we are continuing our series on um, the Beatitudes, mainly, and uh, Jesus' teaching in uh, Matthew 5. There's going to be some more teaching after these blessed Beatitudes, and we may have to go after those too. But today we're still in the, uh, the list of things that uh, we can be blessed by. And today's verse is Matthew 5, verse 8. Blessed are the pure, the pure of heart. And for they shall see God. They shall see God. We have been starting by just re-emphasizing our very initial understanding from the first show of the word blessed, which is uh, obviously a translated word, goes back to the Arabic that Jesus actually taught in, and the written Greek, which Matthew wrote in, and then, of course, the English translations, of which there have been quite a number. And uh, we have discerned, going back that far, in terms of trying trying to get into the cultural mindset of Christ, that uh, blessed has the connotation of meaning happy, uh, joyous. So happy or joyous is the man who experiences certain of the feelings or characteristics that are being described here. Well, of so many of the earlier Beatitudes, Mark, this one struck me as really open to one needs to be cautious because of the interpretation that we could attempt to make on what is meant by pure of heart. Well, uh, and again, uh, the listeners that have been following along know that I've been, at least for this series, studying the commentary by William Barclay, Dr. William Barclay, professor of uh, New Testament studies at... uh, uh, Edinburgh University, Edinburgh, as we say in Scotland. And uh, he's long since dead, but uh, his writings uh, stand the test of time, I think. And he was quite the uh, linguist. New, you know, when you get a PhD, by the way, Randy, in you know New Testament studies, you have to you have to know five languages. Did you and know you, that? <laughs> you say that as if you know you. I have that on my personal back burner. Well, that's like I, you know, <laughs> there's so many people going back to school, uh, Randy. It's never too late. Uh, but uh, for a PhD in uh, New Testament studies, generally you're going to learn, this is all the course in addition to English, uh, and maybe your PhD program requires you to know French and German. That's all in addition to that. So they're going to want you to know Greek, Aramaic, Hebrew, Coptic, and Syriac. Those are all five of the Middle Eastern languages that were part of the context there. Uh, at the time when Jesus was teaching. So I cannot personally imagine that. I, you know, When I was in seminary, I did have to take classes in Greek and Hebrew, and I actually really enjoyed that, but uh, there is a lot of memorization and a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff, particularly Hebrew, because it doesn't uh, use the uh, traditional uh, alphabet that we do. So mm-hmm. you have to kind of draw things. It's a little bit more like Chinese that way, but, or Japanese or Korean, uh, some of those languages. But I'm, I'm getting adrift here in linguistics. I'm just trying to demonstrate that we have at least read someone who knows these languages. <laughs> and uh, Welcome to Hooked on Phonics. Yeah, that's exactly uh, <laughs> right. And, I, you know, I have found, as I've been uh, uh, studying for this series, that uh, it's really been, it's been helpful to me, uh, not just to come to the word and have our initial English reaction to the word. So mm-hmm. when you hear the word pure, what do you think of? 
This is not a test. I'm just. This is not pure. Uh, to me, it means uh, untainted, uh, unaffected by negativity or negative influences. Pure means to be free of selfish intentions and self-seeking desires. Well, you know, you're uh, you're you're really on the right track there. I think. And uh, let's uh, examine the word as Dr. Barkley did. Just real quickly, in the Greek word, of course, Matthew now is writing in Greek, so he's translating from Arabic, but the Greek word katharos, katharos, uh, means uh, clean. It means clean. And uh, now, there are two different ways that it can mean clean that we want to go over, and the first one is kind of obvious. It's uh, it's uh, clean like you would clean your clothes, clean mm-hmm. like you would clean your house. Physically it's clean. Physically clean. It's... Uh, it's not polluted by uh, dirt or, you know, bacteria or whatever else. So when we say something is pure, it's clean. It's uh, free of pollutants. I guess that's one of the ways to mm-hmm. look at it. And mm-hmm. then, of course, spiritually, we have to look at, uh, you know, what are pollutants. And uh, we could easily say that there are many things that pollute our mind. We're talking here about the pure of heart. The heart in the Bible is really the seat of the soul. So uh, we're... You know, uh, created me a clean heart, O oh God. That's in the Psalms, mm-hmm. and renew a right spirit in me. So you can see that the heart throughout the Bible represents the uh, the spirit. It really spirit. goes hand in hand with right. the spirit. Yeah, that's right. So when we say that you're pure of heart, we mean that your spirit is clean of uh, of lies. I think that that pollute it. One of the things that we uh, talk about around here all the time is uh, the the lies that Satan. Uh, Tries to convince us. Would have us believe. Yeah. Right. And so many of the men uh, grew up in in families where there were a lot of messages. Uh, a lot of them grew up in families where there was some level of invasive abuse or neglect. And you know, the person that grows up in those kind of environments uh, listens to the lies. You know, they, they, they believe that they are, you know, bad and worthless people. They believe that no one will love as they are and uh, <laughs> as they am. Yeah. I'm, 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 I was saying it like I was saying it for myself. No one will love me as I am. But um, so you know, they they have a lot of what we call clinically distorted core beliefs, uh, ideas about themselves. They are not pure in heart. They are not pure in spirit because they still believe lies. One of the guys last night was talking about the incredible uh, amount of shame that he feels. The shame is. You know, that feeling that not even God loves me and that I'm not worthy of God's salvation and I'm a bad and worthless uh, human being and my wife could never love me as I am and, you know, all of that kind of thing. So those are those are just outright, you know, satanic lies. Uh, they, they come naturally because of some of our life experiences. And part of our healing journey is to, is to make an emotional and spiritual movement toward purity where we start believing the truth that God created us fearfully and wonderfully, that uh, he loves us, we're his adopted children, he loved us so much that he sent his only son to die for us. You know, those are all truths, and uh, when you get to this uh, uh, beatitude, it's like you've got to purely, you know, understand the vastness, really, of God's love for you, as opposed to, you know, the shame and other things that you feel. And yet it's a little perplexing, isn't it, when we stop and we realize that, honestly, the only individual who is pure of heart, is God. That's probably the case, or Jesus was evidently pure of heart because he was a man without sin. So right. uh, that's one of the things about him. And yeah, you're right. I think we always have to uh, 
remember, uh, because I think a lot of evangelical black and white thinking Christians get upset with themselves, which just increases their shame, that I never seem to be able to get to this attitude completely. Right, I'm, because I'll, yeah. I'll never measure up. I'll never measure up, or I'll never... Like, I was reading a devotional this morning about not being afraid of things and, you know, reaching out for the presence of God, and I said to myself, you know, I want that, I believe that, I pursue that, and that perfect sense of peace about that is is, is something that I'm not sure I'm ever going to totally is, have. Is within my reach. Yeah, you know, in this life. Uh, and it, at the same time, it does help, you know, mm-hmm. to know that, you know, and it, does help to surrender to that. So, you know, the pure of heart are reaching out for that freedom to uh, understand really what God's love for them. And that's, you know, the rest of the verse. You know, when you get to that level of purity, at least to a certain extent, then you will see God for who he really is, uh, a God that created you to be who you are, that guides your life, loves you, wants to spend time with you and be with you. And that's what gets me excited about knowing that heaven awaits us. That's exactly it. It really has me excited about that. Let's take our break right now, okay. Mark. This is a great subject. This is a great beatitude. Uh, not that we rank <laughs> rank our, our beatitudes uh, mm-hmm. according to their um, uh, attractiveness, whatever. Uh, you're listening to Dr. Mark Laser, and this is the Men of Valor program. Do you struggle with the use of pornography? Faithful and True is a Christian-based counseling center specializing in the treatment of sexual addiction and compulsive behavior issues. Our well-trained staff has the highest levels of clinical expertise combined with personal experience to understand and effectively treat your sexual addiction. We have a proven track record for helping men who are seeking a transformation in their lives. Our Men of Valor three-day intensive workshops, led by Dr. Mark Laser and Dr. Greg Miller, are the most effective and affordable treatment program in the country. Our workshop alumni rate our workshops as life-changing. We also offer workshops for spouses and couples. If you're ready to make a change in your life and are seeking a treatment program provided by the top Christian experts in the sexual addiction field, visit us today at FaithfulAndTrue.com to learn more. That's FaithfulAndTrue.com. Great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning, new mercies I see, and all I have needed thy hands have Time now for the Trigger of the Week. Trigger of the Week, Randy. Um, Last night we had a quite animated discussion in the Tuesday Night Men's Group because a number of the men in that group travel, and uh, we, of course, uh, try to help them have travel plans so that they can reach out to accountability even while they're on the road. And one of the men last night was describing a really uh, frightening situation, frightening in the sense of, you know, danger to, you know, act out in some of his old ways. 
he was on a business trip. He was presenting at a conference, and uh, one of the, uh, I guess, fairly attractive women who was at the conference came up to him after his speech and told him what a wonderful uh, job he did. That in and of itself could be the trigger of the week. Uh, He was talking more about then after the day was over. Part of his job, actually, is to be a marketing presence for his company, and that requires him to go to dinners and uh, cocktail-type parties. And uh, the trigger of the week is cocktail parties, (laughs) if I could finally get to it. So that, uh, you know, he noticed that uh, uh, when people are drinking, they get friendlier. And uh, this same particular woman who had come up to him after the speech had been drinking at this cocktail party and came up to him and was being very flirtatious. Yeah, reapproached him a little more aggressively the right. second time. Right. So, you know, I am uh, happy to say that uh, he excused himself, got out of there, and uh, uh, went back to his room, made a phone call, uh, did the kind of things that we would teach him to do. And uh, But you can imagine that, you know, if you're a recovering guy who you know, has had affairs in the past, you know, having that wide open door, you know, uh, that's a massive trigger. And uh, we were awfully proud of him for in the face of that, having enough uh, sobriety now under his belt that he was able to say no to it. Well, we thank your group for coming up for that. That's a real world. uh, that, That is so... Uh, relatable for all of the professional traveling guys whose careers lend them to be in those situations. That can be a very dangerous situation. Well, it's not only traveling, too, but I I think uh, we could do a whole show or series of shows for that matter. Uh, we should probably do that with our good colleague out in California, Dave Carter, who writes about office affairs and close calls and, you know, our corporate culture in many ways, uh, encourages people to connect with each other, whether it's right. on the road or in the office. So we don't need to get into that now, but uh, that is our trigger of the week for this week. All right. Well, let's return our listeners to today's topic, which is, uh, again, our study on the Beatitudes. And today we are looking at, Blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. Yeah, and uh, we talked about the first uh, meaning of the Greek word katharos, which uh, you know has to do with cleanliness, purity, being uh, uh, spotless, not being polluted by dirt, you know, that kind of thing. So that uh, we talked about what are some of the things that pollute our mind. Uh, The second meaning of it is uh, that it was used as a word to describe products, actually, in Jesus' time that were uh, unadulterated, that were uh, unmixed, I guess, you know, in terms of uh, farming or agriculture or the production of wine. There were seeds that were not to be mixed together. There was wine that was not supposed to be mixed with other wine. Um, There was uh, stuff that uh, needed to be, you know, also pure, free of dirt, but also free of some other ingredient. So uh, the word was used to refer to things that are not mixed. So hold that thought about mixed, because uh, when Jesus is using this word here, I think he's talking about our intentions, our motive. You know, what causes us to do things? Are they mixed with perhaps uh, sometimes other not-so-honorable motives. Yeah, because hidden within any of those thoughts or actions could be a, a hidden personal agenda, you know? A selfish a, agenda. A selfish agenda, one uh, in which uh, you have something to gain. Uh, if everything right. goes just right, uh, then there's something to be gained. That's right. So um, Dr. Barkley was talking about 
uh, the fact that uh, if we decide, for example, to do some act of service, do something completely well-intentioned for someone else, is there sometimes a mixed motive that we will get recognition or that you know we will get some kind of gain out of it? You said it's it's you know rarely the case with motives that they are black and white, either totally pure or they they are mixed with some other kind of more selfish, in fact, motive. So that is kind of, in a broad way, the second meaning of the word. And as we examine our hearts, our souls, our minds, you know, we're constantly looking for are our motives hopefully more pure than they are uh, catharos or adulterated or mixed with other motives. Well, it's back to you and I were talking earlier. How many times have any of us performed an act perfectly free of any personal gain? Such an act is pure love, and an act of pure and selfless giving brings happiness to all. And allows us to see God. Uh, The final part about this that I wanted to emphasize is that uh, the purity of your heart will oftentimes determine what you see out there in the world. And we talk about this all the time around here in terms of sobriety and, you know, the purity of your mind and taking every thought captive and, you know, a lot of things we have, in fact, talked about on the radio show. There are lots of uh, examples of this in terms of what we see out there in the world. Dr. Barkley was talking about two men could be walking down the road Uh, One is uh, an uneducated individual, and he's looking at the sides of the road, and he sees, you know, the ditches on the side of the road. He sees the the wild flowers or whatever, and he basically sees them as weeds or uh, just, you know, growth that, you know, maybe needs to be cut down. Uh, The other man, on the other hand, is a trained botanist. He's walking down that same road, looking at the same flowers or same what we might call weeds or whatever they are, he is at least classifying them, knows what they all represents, represent, and, and sees um, the beauty of God's creation in all of it. That's because of, uh, you know, maybe some purely educated thoughts that he's put in his, his mind about uh, flowers, and he has an understanding of that. We talk about going into a museum, uh, and uh, let's say we have two men going in there, and uh, one of the men is really emphasizing the purity of his own heart and his own soul around his uh, sexual inclinations, and um, he can go and uh, look at all the paintings, including, you know, any of the paintings that might represent some level of nudity, and um, he's not going to focus in a lustful way on the uh, nudity, uh, whereas the other man who might be going in there, uh, and he is, his, his mind and soul and heart are not pure, they are, in fact, you know, got the mixed uh, uh, messages inside of him. His focus is on the sexual right. elements right. of the art, where the other individual man is looking at it and maybe the and marveling at uh, God's creation of the human body. Well, that that that's right. So you could take a look at some of the paintings of uh, my favorite is Botticelli for some reason, who painted both Venus and uh, Eve. When you look at the paintings, you could look at it from uh, uh, a mind of purity, which would see it as, you know, pure, uh, the beauty of creation. Or you could look at it and your mind is mixed with uh, lustful thoughts, and uh, now you're going to see the the sexual content in it. So this verse is, you know, really uh, for our population of men to really work on in terms of uh, getting to that, that purity of their mind uh, so that um, when they're looking out there in the world, there can be certain stimuli, triggers as we talk about, that will not maybe trigger them in the same way, 
because their minds are pure. Does this go hand in hand with your your personal kind of promotion of, of the concept of retraining the brain? Retraining the brain, that's right. I mean, to, because if you can get men to, to adopt that approach to how they're looking at stimuli like this, uh, they'll be in an entirely safer and uh, position of sobriety. Right, that's right. And so if, you know, the condition of our mind and the pollutants in it including lust and so forth. Uh, what we need to understand, I think, is that that then also blinds us at times to see God, to see God in things. Like our one example, God in the beauty of the creation, God in the beauty even of the creation of the female form. Uh, so uh, if we are polluted, if our, uh, if our motives are mixed, it's going to prevent us uh, literally from seeing God. So, you know, the verse is really quite profound. If we are working on purity of mind, heart, and soul, that will give us a clarity to see God in all kinds of ways, you know. Uh, it almost sounds like a promise to me, Mark. Yeah. It, it seems to me that that we're given a challenge uh, to be pure of heart, and we, if we can achieve being pure of heart, there's going to be a reward, and that reward is our opportunity to see God. That's right, to see God and to see Him as we can see Him in, in the world. Right. In the world today. It's amazing because this is just one of those beatitudes that seems to be encouraging to us yeah. as well. I mean, they're all encouraging when you break them down. But as you're looking at them, um, I think we're all motivated and excited at the uh, just knowing that that opportunity to one day see God and to see God in others uh, and see God in our world you know, is an exciting right. concept all by itself. Well, that's, yeah, and that's... that's uh... To see God uh, in other people, uh, it makes it much harder to objectify other people in sexual ways if we see the beauty of God's creation in right, other people. Right, and that might be a part of that uh, art uh, example that you gave us in in looking in looking at uh, art that has been uh, is depicting the human body, whether it be male, female, or both, right. and and just how we translate that in our brain mm -hmm. uh, to know that this is God's creation. And when that's our personal focus, I think that uh, we're going to have a much more enlightened viewpoint. That's right. So, well, uh, let us encourage our listeners to uh, continue to be in fellowship, to be in accountability, to continue to be in uh, prayer and Bible study and Focus uh, your thoughts on things of God and uh, purify your heart and mind because that gives you the best access to seeing God. You have been listening to Dr. Mark Laser. My name's Randy Everett, and it's been our pleasure today to bring you the Men of Valor program. We hope that today's show has been beneficial to you, and we hope that this coming week will be a week that's filled with many blessings and with great vision. You've been listening to the Men of Valor program with Dr. Mark Laser. For information about this program or to learn more about Faithful and True, visit us at FaithfulandTrue.com. That's FaithfulandTrue.com.